0: goodness and I pray that again you'd open our minds our thoughts help me as I humble myself in your sight I need your anointing I need your power this morning to pr- bring your word alive to this great group of people here we bless you in Jesus name we pray amen amen thank you again for all that you do thank you for the this um uh, we're not working on that one uh we're working on this morning it's no room for him okay so that's a different message all right so here we go you have your Bibles. I'm going to just go a little bit out of Luke chapter 2, 1 through 7. How many of you like Christmas? How many of you know where we're at today? Alright, so Christmas is awesome. Again, we're talking about Jesus. And I want to talk about, last week I looked, talked about the shepherds. I talked about the wise men. I talked about the priests. I talked about the innkeeper a little bit. So we're going to be a little mean on the innkeeper just a little bit for today, or the person who had the, the house uh, and so many have read, or we just, you just heard the account, uh, and, and so the innkeeper, of course, we that he was a real loser, he was a real jerk by not allowing Mary, Joseph, and the baby to be there, and, and we don't know all the account of why, uh, but the account was that God planned it out, and that Jesus was born in a stable, or, or in, in that time, probably a little cave underneath the, the house, uh, and in the manger of course and I had a picture of the manger last week I didn't show it to you so we always think of a nice straw wood manger and as I showed you the, the mangers then were made they were, they were hewn out of rock and then they probably had straw in that because that's where they would feed their animals and so Jesus was born in a manger. And I already told you about this, and I, I, sh- I meant to bring pictures of that. But uh, So th- I went, They the, the, called the Church of Nativity is there in Bethlehem. And, uh, and so there, it's kind of gaudy now. It's kind of sad. There's two churches right on the spot where Jesus was born. And they have this place you have to stoop in, you have to walk in. And they have the manger still there, but it's kind of overly decorated now. And it's, it's kind of crazy. It's kind of sad. I had a pastor with me. I've mentioned this before. We walked out. and He said, I was kind of disappointed. That they made it so um, gaudy, elaborate. That I mean, I know he said I understand they're worshiping Jesus, but they didn't leave it in the form to remind us the humble beginning of Jesus. And so Jesus has a humble beginning, amen. Became the King of Kings. And so I'm going to go off the no room for him. There we go. Isn't that Have you ever been driving on a highway, anybody? And it's like late at night, and you see all the signs of the hotels, motels. You ever seen that? And this is like a flower. Like, oh. No. All right, well, I'm in trouble today. I need, Lord, help these people wake up. So some of us, uh, you know, Olivia will tell you there was a time we were driving from Salt Lake City to call our springs, and it was wintertime, and it snows in Wyoming, and we had a little 4Runner, and we were grateful for that because it had four-wheel drive, and there were a few times we had came off the road, and we were grateful that we were get back on the road. So one night we were driving, it was late, and Olivia was dreaming. She had dreamed that she was laying in the back of the car with our dog, Lamar, who was a, uh, about an 80-pound yellow uh, yellow lab. And so she was so tired, and I was so tired, you know, and I was looking, and of course I saw the hotel. Sure enough, I pulled in there. I'm grateful that night that they had room in the hotel. There was room in the inn that night. But maybe some of you have traveled and you've gone to places that there's no room here. Sorry, you need to move along, get down the road. And so here it is, Mary, Joseph, they're coming in, who knows what time, but they come to this place and of course there's no room in the inn, right? Okay, so let's talk about this. You see, Jesus sought an entry to the overcrowded hearts of men then and he still has the issue today of trying to break into our overcrowded lives. And I want to just challenge us on a few things this morning on making sure that there's room in our in, in our heart. Come on, amen? Amen. You know where I'm going with this. So you're like, okay, here we go. I know what this is at. So so there's things in the world that tries to crowd out Jesus from our lives. Life is tough at times, right? It's busy. Just... Are you awake? Okay, just, just be awake today. So in our busy society, we sometimes forget about who Jesus is. We forget that He was born a baby he was raised up and then he became the Savior the Messiah and his power saves us his power gives us the ability to have a relationship with God and so sometimes that here it is there's no room for him because of familiarity right we, we've all read this you know this familiarity breeds contempt you right right you understand what I'm talking about? So you, you get used to something over and over and you begin to lose respect for it or you, you lose the awe of it. Uh, and so maybe like a, if you've worked in the electrician field, I've, I've met electricians where uh, my dad was, you know, he was uh, in the army for many years, was a signal corps, knew about electronics and electri- uh, electrical stuff. And he taught me some stuff about uh, setting up outlets and all that kind of stuff. And so, um, but he said, you know, some, there was one time a man had lost his respect for the power of the electricity. And there was this radio room and uh, it was like a, a radio room. It was an outdoor radio room. And um, they said never to go in that and never to shut the door. And this man, just obviously because of the familiarity of just doing this, his job often, he went in there and he shut the door. And of course he was killed because of the electricity. And you see, sometimes we become so familiar with something we just forget about the power of it or we forget about the, the effects of it, or we forget about who it is. And you see, in our world today people are, are familiar and, and we, see, we see this sadly we've seen this in the news and, and good, good that they're being called out or being caught but we've seen these, these men mostly men with these inappropriate relationships or treating women uh, inappropriately and they're being caught now and they, they just were familiar And they, if I could just keep doing this I, you know, I'm above the rules I'm above the laws and so their familiarity they were in contempt of familiarity you see what I'm saying? are you following with me? And so sometimes we forget to respect the power of Jesus or we forget to realize that sin has a cost, right? It, there's a price to pay. And so sometimes we, we, just, we treat God like He's nobody. We, we treat Him like He's Santa Claus or we demand from God or we, or we demand Jesus. We call Him our homeboy. He's our little buddy. He's our friend. And Jesus is, is more than that. He's the Savior. He is the King. Come on, amen. He is the Lord. And so sometimes as Christians, because of the familiarity, we, we think that Jesus serves us. And we forget that, no, we serve Jesus. Amen. Come on, amen? And so sometimes we think, well, I, you know, I don't have to do all that Jesus says. I can just take the Bible. You know, I don't like that part about the, that, so I'm going to rip that out. Uh, you know, I don't agree with that. And so we just begin to treat the Word as, I'm just going to pick and choose. We become cafeteria Christians. Buffet Christians, right? So this is what familiarity does. We say, I don't really believe in that. That was back in the Old Testament. We're seeing that with marriage. We're seeing that with the world telling us. Now, that's not true today. No, the Bible is always true. The truth will never change. Come on, amen. So we become familiar with it, and we begin to say, you know what? And so during Christmas season, I want to remind us that we should not be overly familiar, because Jesus said this. In John 14, he says, If anyone loves me, he will obey my teaching. My Father will love him and he will come to him and make, home, make, a home, to make, excuse me, make our home with him. He who does not love me will not keep my teaching. These words you hear are not mine. They belong to the Father who sent me. You see, we think Jesus is our, our buddy, our friend, and uh, he only blesses our checkbook. He blesses our friendships. He blesses our minds. He, he bails us out of our mistakes, and he can do that stuff. But what's happening is we're pushing out the Lord Jesus. We're not having room in our inn, in our heart. Because we've now pushed him out and we've treated him only as an ATM, a, a, you know, a jackpot handle, or as the, 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 the Santa Claus. And I want to challenge us to be reminded that let's remember he is the King of kings. He is the Lord of lords. He is holy. He is just. He is righteous. Amen? So the question is this. Do we have room in our hearts for Jesus? Or have we pushed him out because of familiarity? So here's something else, okay? The second part. We cannot become too familiar with Jesus. I'm going to read this, Mark 6, all right? I hope you can read it. We cannot become too familiar with Mark 6. I know it's hard. Get your glasses. I'll get mine out. Do you want to borrow my reading glasses? Kind of hard. Actually, you need binoculars, all right? So here's what happens. So Jesus Jesus was born in Bethlehem. His, his family moved him to Egypt for a few years until... Um, King Herod passed away, and then he moves back and he moves to an area called Nazareth. Say Nazareth. Okay? So, how many of you know when you, you grow up and you go, you go back to your home, people don't treat you? They, you know, like, right? Oh, you're just that kid. You're just that girl that, you know, you're nobody special. And so, this is how Jesus was being treated. And so, let me read this to you in Mark 6. Jesus left there and went to his hometown, accompanied by his disciples. When the Sabbath came, he began to teach in the synagogue, and many who heard him were amazed. Where did this man get the, these things, they, they asked? What's this wisdom that he has been given, that he, that he even does miracles? Isn't this the carpenter? Here it is. Isn't this just Mary's son, the brother, James, Joseph, Judas, and Simon? Aren't his sisters here with us? And they, they took offense at him. And Jesus said to them, Only in his hometown among the, his relatives and in his own house is a prophet without honor. He could not do any miracles there except lay his hands on a few sick people and heal him. He was amazed at their lack of faith. Then Jesus went around teaching from village to village. You see, I believe in America and in the European church, we have kind of lost our belief in the power of God. I believe that we are probably like the people of of Nazareth. He's just Jesus. But he, he is Jesus. He is the king. He is the healer. I, I believe that we've lost our respect again for His commands. Hold this. I'm repeating a little bit. But I, I believe it says here, because remember it says here, it says that He could not do miracles because of their lack of faith. And I believe that in America, sadly even in this church, we've become so familiar with Jesus that we don't believe in Him for the miraculous. We don't believe that He can still raise the dead. We don't believe that He can still do things. And so, in fact, people mock Jesus. They take Jesus' name in vain all the time. And then, of course, they tell us during Christmas time, you can't talk about Jesus. But they celebrate Jesus, right? And so, we mock Him. We we become familiar with Him. And I want to challenge us that we should not do that. Come on, amen? Amen. You see, a lot of times, God wants to work in our lives, but we, we have become so familiar with Him that we don't allow Him to work in our lives. You say, Pastor, it doesn't make much sense. It's because we we forget who He is. And I think there needs to be, not a fear, but just a holy awe of who Jesus is. I mean, He was the Savior. He was tempted. He never sinned. He was buried. He was resurrected. Amen? He's coming back again. And maybe we don't see the miracles because we don't expect Jesus to do the miraculous anymore. Maybe we don't call on Him as much as we should. So, my question is Is there still room in your life for Jesus? You see, and I'm, I'm trying to be nice and I'm trying, I'm trying to be hopeful and helpful in the message, but you see, we, we treat our worship services like the restaurant service. We, or we rush in later, or we rush out and we, we think, wow, this church is unfriendly, but we don't know you because you leave too soon or you come in late. Or you don't come to the events that we have and you think, man, it's just rough. It's life's rough. And I understand that. Busy, it's been busy. People are busy. I understand that. Let's worship Jesus as who He is. And there, there is a... I know sometimes people, they forget that worship, it takes time out of my day. But this is worth it because we're connecting with God and, and Pastor Stan sometimes has to shake us a little bit or encourage us. Uh, we have to sing great... Christmas carols to remind us of the power of Jesus so let's not become too familiar with Jesus amen let's always be in awe of his love his power amen let me move on I don't want to just beat that too much so there was no room the second part there was no room for him due to possessions Uh uh-oh did I just say that yeah you see we live in a material world right would you agree with that I mean you need material you need that I'm glad you wore clothes today I'm glad you brushed your teeth. I'm glad somehow you walked, you drove. You, you got here some way. Did you know that, you, that if you own a car or rent a car, that you are in the top 9% of wealth in the world? You didn't like to hear that today, did you? Because your piece of junk car just barely sputters along and there's smoke coming out of it. The blinker doesn't work. There's a crack in your windshield. You know, I mean, it, it, you, know, the, you, you barely made it past. And so, but what I'm just reminding you that we are so blessed. But we're so obsessed with possessions. We live in a material world. We have to have materials. Come on, amen? But you see, many of us have been infected by this thing called affluenza. Do I have it? Affluenza. Say ah, not in, but say affluenza. See the spirit? There we go. Affluenza. This is actual, this is from the Merriam-Webster's Dictionary. You can actually go and find this. This is now a new word. There's a lot of new words. The spirit of affluenza, it says this, affluenza says, extreme materialism and consumerism associated with the pursuit of wealth and success and resulting in a life of chronic dissatisfaction, debt, overwork, stress, and impaired relationships. Do you see that? We are obsessed with having things, and there's nothing wrong with things, but we're obsessed to the point that we spend hours and hours where some of you were shopping this, this morning on the phone during the worship time. I gotta get a good deal for this Christmas or it's on sale. I need that. I need this. I need that. And sometimes you do. But here's what David Hawkins says. He says, Affluenza is particularly rampant in the United States where we place a high priority on financial success and material possessions. You see, Jesus was born where? In a stable, in a manger. He was born in humble beginnings. And of course, he could do all things. And we don't know if he owned a house. Some people, some theologians say he owned a house, but it never really says that. He, he didn't worry. About it. He just went and did what God called him to do. And we are so obsessed. And please don't get, I mean, you're blessed if you have, like some people, they, they're like surprised. We have a house for our car. Some of you, if you have a garage, that's a house for your car your garage is bigger than most people's houses outside of this country in third world countries. And you're, you're griping about stupid car door, oh garage door, it takes too long for that, door, oh, you know, and you pull your car, or maybe some of you have, check this out, some of you, you have so much stuff you can't even put your car in your garage. And you're like, we need more stuff. And you go shopping for, and, you, and you ring up your credit card. I mean, I mean this, this affluenza has affected us all. Come on, amen? It's, 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 it affects us all. It, it's, it causes a disease called greed. Affluence is a materialistic mindset. And it says, I must get more because God wants me to have more, right? You've heard that, right? God wants me to have more. He wants us to have more of Him. And He gives you more so you can bless other people. He doesn't just bless you to bless you alone. He blesses you so you can bless other people as well. I mean, there are times He loves to bless you, but it's always to remind you of who He is. Amen? And you see, we get, we get this mindset that God blesses His people so that we can just have more and more and more. And, and the question I always have, and I have to be careful, how many coats do you need? I have a coat for every day, Pastor. I have a coat for my dress uh, suit. Or I have my, for my dress, uh, you know, my formal gown, Pastor. You don't get it. And I, I, mean, I understand that. You don't want to just wear like a ski jacket. I understand that, you know. Well, I've got four ski jackets, Pastor. Okay, well, how often do you go skiing? I never, okay. So, so maybe someone else could use one of those coats, right? Right, how many boots do you have, right? How many sandals? How many shoes? I mean, how many, how many pairs of pants do you have? I mean, right? Come on, right? But I need more. I mean, we're all like that. Things wear out, right? Come on, it's true. I'm having fun with you. But you see, affluenza says getting more money possessions is the ultimate aim in life. But what's going to happen to all that stuff when you die? You don't, you're you not going to care. Okay, I've told you this many times, it's still true, that typically when, when a family uh, member passes away and they pass inheritance on to their children, it's gone within nine months. All that money, like billions of dollars you've saved up for your kids, it's going to be gone in nine months. Isn't that awesome? You've worked so hard for it now there's nothing wrong you're saying I should never retirement I'm not saying that you should you're wise to have money put aside and you're wise to have set stuff set aside but don't get into the affluenza that I need more because I, my neighbor bought a new car I should get a new car my, my neighbor they, they added a new sunroom to their house I'm going to add a new sunroom and if you want to do that that's fine but why are you doing it is there room for Jesus and all that well yeah we're going to go out and study have prayer and Bible study okay make sure to invite me See, the problem is, there's nothing wrong with things. Say that. There's nothing wrong with things. Okay? But the problem is when the things have us. You see, when the things have us, that's the problem. That's where Jesus gets pushed out. Come on, you're with me? Let me move on. Letter B. Let me just talk about it. this. Is, this is what the spirit of, of possessions, material, letter B is beware of every greed. This is what Jesus said. Jesus said this in Luke 12 15. He said, Watch out. Be on your guard against what? All kinds of people. No. Watch out for all kinds of pastors. No. Watch out for all kinds of politicians. What does it say? All kinds of greed. Listen, a man or a woman, a person's life, does not consist in the abundance of His possessions. You see, God knew that we would become connected to our possessions. We would worship our possessions. I love it when a person gets a new car, right? So I've talked about this, and they park their new car as far away as they can at the shopping center, right? And then they take up two spots, right? And I'm that guy, that jerk that gets mad, and I want to park like right there because and, and, it just annoys me. And I'm not the guy that does this with a car door, with the new car. I don't do that, okay? Because my car doors are dinged up because you've done that to my little car. Alright? And it's just a car anyway. I don't really care. But you see, the problem is we begin to worship the stuff, right? And Jesus says, beware of this. Having things is not a sin. Having money is not a sin, Right? It's just when we worship it, when it becomes important. In fact, I'm going to read this scripture to you. First Timothy 6 10 6-10, it says, But godliness with contentment is great gain. Say content. Okay? So godliness with contentment is great gain. For we brought, check this out, we brought nothing into the world and we can take what? Nothing out of it. But if we have food and clothing, we will be content with that. People, this is, now listen, this is a warning from Paul, who was an apostle of Jesus. People who want to get rich fall into temptation and a trap and into many foolish and harmful desires that plunges them into ruin and destruction. Here it is, verse 10. For the love of money, not money, it says the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. For some people, listen, some people eager for money have wandered from the faith and pierced themselves with many griefs. Now again, people misquote that all the time. It, people say uh, money is evil. it does not say that it says the love of money you can have money and some of you are very good you know what God blesses some people with an abundance of money and they're very good with their money and they're very generous with their money and it's fine and I've worked for people, like I said, I know some they were, people, they were, they were multi-millionaires, but they were generous, always giving out, always trying to help people. Then I met some people, there; they have so much money, but they're, they're like, uh, you know, remember I talked about Howard Hughes, remember that guy who just was weird, you can Google him, not right now, later on. Uh, but he, he died, a hermit, trying to live, and he held on to all this stuff because of greed, because of fear. And, and so, here's a couple things, alright? Here's three, here's three things, alright, that... The deceptive work of greed does. And I didn't put it up there, but number one, greed lies to us. Say, greed lies to us. Okay? It says that it does matter how much stuff we have. And life is measured by the size of your bank account, the quality and quantity of your possessions. And, and that's fine in the world sense, but remember Paul says here, you brought nothing in, you're going to take nothing out. And life is, is short here, but eternity is forever. Come on, Amen. And so he's saying, enjoy, enjoy, have a vacation, buy nice stuff, there's nothing wrong with that, but don't let that be what obsesses you. Make room for Jesus. Come on, make room for your family, your friends. Uh, The second thing, okay, so greed lies to us. The second thing is greed blinds us. It blinds us. Greed blinds us. You see, greed blinds us to what is truly important in life. People are important in life. God is important. You are important. Yes, your work and, and what you do, that's partially important, but the most important thing in life is is people, our people, your life. And again, there's nothing wrong with having nice stuff. I'm not saying you can't have that. God bless you for that, but don't let it own you. Don't let greed blind you. Another thing that, this is a, a, a phenomenon that we've been seeing around, but it's even more so now, with because you see, how many of you watch shows like Hoarders? You ever seen that? Did you know that's greed? That is a, a spirit of fear, a spirit of scarcity. Thing. Oh my goodness! And, so, and some of you, how many of you, ever heard of a Great Depression that this nation and world went through back in the twenties and thirties? Some of you were there. Some of you weren't. Most of us have no idea what it was like. And you see, there's a group of people that they are savers. My, my, you know, my dad grew up during that time, at the end of that time, and of course they lived on a farm, so they had everything they needed. And uh, and but sometimes we, we get this mindset that the world's going to end tomorrow with a zombie apocalypse. You know the the, the nation's going to overcome. We're going to lose everything. But I have like 14 years of food stocked up. I've got ammunition. I've got gasoline. I mean I've got a bunker. I've got all that. And so what that is is this is kind of that hoarding mentality. It, it's a greedy spirit's really what it is. It it says, listen, hide and hold on to because we don't know what the future holds. Matthew says, Seek first the kingdom of God and all these things. He says, I will take care of you. And again, there's nothing wrong with having food stored. In fact, in the wintertime, I know it's some of you, you stress out when there's snow. And please don't go and buy all the, the, the milk, the toilet paper, <laughs> the bread. Because the store is gonna be open the next day. And what are you gonna do with all this? All the all that bread goes to waste, right? Anyway. And there's nothing wrong because I grew up in Colorado and it snowed, and, and there were days I've talked to you about we would be actually snow we would be snowbound that there would be um, snow drifts in front of the house that we couldn't get out. We were in there three or four days, and of course my parents were wise that we would have extra food in the house, dried food. We had all that stuff, so it's uh, it's okay to have a little set aside. But when you start hoarding it, that's that spirit of greed, That's scarcity. And it happens sometimes with the church that we get scarce with God with our resources, right? i got to have enough. But God wants you to be a giver. Come on, amen, I'll move on. So the third thing about greed is this. Greed ultimately destroys us. Greed ultimately destroys us. Greed teaches us that all that matters is the words that this life has to offer. And it makes us work hard. There's nothing wrong with working hard, but we want to get more stuff. And, and, and what Paul says in the last of that scripture says this, that some have wandered from the faith and pierce themselves with many griefs. And as a pastor of almost 30 years, and by the way, um, I've, allowed, I've been allowed and been honored to be the pastor of this church for 14 years at the end of this month. And so you've been endured Thank you for enduring with me. I know you're a pastor. We're pierced with grief because of you. <laughs> and uh, so thank you for, for enduring me. Um, but in my almost 30 years of ministry now, I've seen people who have wandered from the faith because of the Greed. I've seen people in this church who have come and they've been educated now and they've got the right job. They're asking Pastor to pray for me and I pray for them to get a job and then all of a sudden they start doing well and they buy a new house, they buy a new car, they buy a couple cars and then it gets to the point that I'm working Pastor Stan, I work every Sunday, I work every day and then we don't see them anymore. And not only do we not see them now but they just don't go to church anymore because greed has lied to them. And I've seen some people, of course, who just, just destroyed their marriages, destroyed their life. They're obsessed with stuff. And stuff's nice. But stuff's not going to bring you to heaven. Jesus is. So do you have room for Jesus in your heart, in your checkbook, in your stuff? Come on, amen? amen. I love you. You see, no person on their deathbeds wished that they had more stuff. No person on their deathbed has, has said, I wish I worked more hours and I neglected my family more. I just recently read of another person, a man, and I'm not, I can't remember his name, but he was very wealthy and he said, I, and they asked him, what do you regret? I regret not spending time with my family. I regret spending too much time at the office. I regret being obsessed with getting so much wealth that I, I push my family away. There has to be a fine line. Amen? God help us. Has greed pushed Jesus out of us? I'm going to move on. You good? I love you. So these are things to protect yourself. There was no room due to activities. Oh, pastor, I knew you were going to go there. I knew, I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. Okay. Okay. Our priorities. Our schedules show our priorities. Come on. Your checkbook. Somebody, checkbook. What's that? Young people? There used to be thing called checkbooks. And there used to be checks. You can, like, do a Google search on them. You just have to write stuff out to pay to the order of. So, like, what's that? Your bank account. Shows your priorities. Now, I mean, I mean, you have to pay bills. You have to eat. I understand you have to pay taxes. But we make priority for what's important in our lives. Pastor, how dare you say my work is more important than Jesus? So my question is, is it? That's just for you to answer. Pastor's saying, God gave me that job. He did, but not to worship. I've said this, I'll say it again. We work at our play, we worship our work, and we play at our worship. We work at our play, we worship our work, and we play at our worship. I love you. Is Jesus first in your life? You see the second thing? How many of you like sports? Some of you are like, oh no, I'm, I'm not here. Football, soccer, tennis, I mean, ping pong, whatever. Uh, I love the Winter Olympics. I love it. No? All right. How many of you like the internet? Social media. How much like life, okay? Magazines? Movies? Entertainment? It's amazing how much more we, we know about pro athletes than we know about Jesus. It's amazing we know what restaurant our favorite movie star ate at last week. It's 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 sad we know more about their dog than we know about the disciples. How many? There were 12. Can you name them all? You can name all 11 players for the the Washington Redskins, right? On offense, right? You know all their stats. You know what colleges they went to. You know what awards they got. Right? All right, I'm moving on. It's amazing that people will miss church because of their favorite show is on. Nowadays, you can like record a DVR. You can, you can veg. All right. All right. And we move on. All right. Leisure, yard, travel, hobbies, habits. Are those things push Jesus out of your life? Please take time off. Please relax. Please enjoy a good movie. Please go have a nice cup of coffee. Go out to eat. Please go on vacation. Please enjoy the things that God gives you. God says to enjoy the fruit of your labor. That's biblical. But don't worship it. Do those things have priority over Jesus in your life? Because Jesus will save you. Those things will not. They're nice things, right? I mean, I love vacation. I love when I can take my family to vacation. I love to go out and finding food, because I love food, right? But I don't worship food. I worship the God who helps us to enjoy food. I love you, amen? amen? All right, so what are our priorities? So, of course, the next thing, let me move on. Um, do your priorities make room for Jesus? The second part of this is let it be God's parties. Can you imagine? Can you imagine if Jesus was so busy He didn't have time for you? Can you imagine if Jesus didn't, if God did not listen to your prayers, did not answer your prayers? Take it, this this week, I was changing up my insurance, and I called. I called. I called is, have, have you ever done this? I called the insurance company to to ask some questions. You are fifty two in line. Your wait is seventy minutes. Can you imagine if you called to heaven, Jesus, I need help. You are 629 in line. Your, your time of wait is five days. Can you imagine that? Are you not happy that God takes time? That He hears your call. He hears your cry. He knows, especially when you're lonely or discouraged, He knows what you have in need, and He meets those needs. He wants to take care. Isn't that awesome? That Jesus made room for you in His heart. That His priority was you. This is what Christmas... His priority was that you would know Him and have a relationship with God. Isn't that awesome? He loves you. I mean, I I love it that God says that God numbers the hairs on our head. Now, some of us have few, some of us have more, right? All right? But He knows the exact number. You know, some days more, some days less. He knows the exact... He knows everything about you. He loves you so much. And His priority, of course, is that all people love Him. John 3.16, you know this, For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son, that whoever believes in Him should not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through Him. Isn't that awesome? And of course, I can read this to you, 2 Peter three nine It says this, The Lord is not slow in keeping His promise, as some understand it, but He, he is patient with you. Isn't that awesome? He's patient with you. <laughs> He's patient with me. Not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. You see, that's God's priority. Your coworker, your neighbor, your boss, your family, the, the Democrats, the Republicans, all people, He wants them to be redeemed by the blood of Jesus Christ. That is His priority. Isn't that awesome? And He took the time out to send His Son for you and for I. Isn't that awesome? Christmas is the celebration of God's priorities. The Messiah would give His life. He would give us life. And I love this because, you see, God made room for us. God is making room for us. Isn't that awesome? Think about that. that. That house payment you keep paying, the taxes you keep paying on that, you're, maybe your third house you're paying. Isn't that annoying? God says, I'm making a heavenly home for you. Now, I know in the old days, and I, uh, I've got a mansion just over the... Some of you know... There, it's an old song but you see the word in the King James was Jesus I go to prepare a mansion for you and really what it is and, and they found out really didn't mean mansion so much but you're going to be in God's mansion is that God Jesus I go to prepare a place for you there's some rooms in my father's house God is preparing a place he's making room for you isn't that awesome so why don't we make room for him let me read this to you because I, I just got to do it because I, I got that cool. I got, now I got that song going in my head <laughs> Do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. My Father's house has many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you uh, that I'm going there to prepare a place for you? And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you with me. That's really the most important thing. Aren't you tired of the politics of the world? Aren't you tired of the moral filth? Aren't you tired of the the lies of the enemy? Well, we have to endure for a while because Jesus said, I'm going to prepare a place, but I am coming back to take you. That's God's priority. God is going to take us out of this wicked world. He's going to redeem it. Those who accept His, his salvation. Isn't that awesome? That's good. So let's make room for Jesus. Amen? Yeah. So here we go. I've got to talk about this real quick. The, the fourth thing is there was no room due to family. The first part is your family is important. Your family is, say, my family is important. Okay? So, so your family is important. 1 Timothy 5.8 If anyone does not provide for his, his relatives and especially for his immediate family, he has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. So, so as, as parents, it is your job to take care of your kids. Now, when they have a degree or they have a job and they have their own car, that doesn't mean you keep taking care of that. I mean, maybe. If, if you have a billion dollars, that's fine. I mean, it's sad when your kid's 60 years old still downstairs playing, like, you know, Xbox. Hey, Mom, I need money. I'm going to go watch the new Star Wars movie. Come on! You know, that's like, okay, you need to get out on your own, right? Anyway, let's laugh a little bit. Your family is very important. But unfortunately, sometimes people's families become more important than Jesus. So the question for us is, if Christmas is about family and about Jesus, then who is more important? Because see, if, if Jesus is first in your life, then you're going to be a great family member. Your family will be blessed. But again, I've seen people here, they get married, they have kids, and then they drift off. And we don't see them anymore. And there's nothing wrong with having kids. In fact, they're a blessing sometimes, right? All the time. They, they stress you out sometimes. They wear you out sometimes, but they're a blessing. Uh, and so it's important that your family knows Christ. Come on, Amen. What not to exclude from God's family? Who not to? Let me move. who. Say who. All right. It's interesting that Mary and Joseph had only the stable. And and of course Joseph was a carpenter, and who knows? He might have been he might have, you know, Joseph's construction company he might have been very very well off. I don't know. Uh, I know some people that, that, that are carpenters or, or they're construction and they do very well. Some of them are struggling. I, I don't know. But the reality is is oftentimes people who labor with their hands are sometimes looked down upon, right? Right? Plumbers. Plumbers get a bad rap, don't they? Right? But you call them when you're in need, don't you? When that stuff's starting to back up and you're going to call a plumber, Right? And you're grateful for that laborer. You see, probably Mary and Joseph were probably not college educated. They probably didn't live in the right part of town. In fact, Nazareth was not seen as a very important part of the country. It's it's pretty amazing that Jesus came through the lineage of Joseph and Mary. And Jesus loves all people. And it's interesting that sometimes we exclude people from, from our, our life. Now, the people that are, if they're hurtful, they're hateful, they're destructive, then you, manipulative, you should stay away from those people. But we should never turn people away because of the way they look, the way they smell, the way they vote, the way they act, what country they're from, what, what background they're from, because Jesus came for all people. Come on, amen? Rich, poor... All nations, every tongue, every tribe, whatever political background they came from, we are not to exclude anyone. I was reading in James about how they were like making room for the rich people and, and, and excluding the poor, and James is saying, don't do that. Love all people. Come on. And so we should love all people. Our society, our society loves to name drop. I mean, I've met the president. I, I haven't met the president, either, e- any of them. But some people, I know the president, the current, or, you know, I, I met LeBron James or Bill Gates, right? Or, or uh, how many of you remember Pele? Anybody remember Pele? Soccer? Football? All right. I lunch with Denzel Washington, or, you know, I, I met so and so. That, and that's cool, but, but will those people get you to heaven? Not by themselves. I mean, they can lead you to Christ, but they can't. God loves all people. Amen? All right, I me move on. So obviously, here's the important part, is that God has called us to be like the shepherds. Remember the shepherds after they heard the good news. So God's priority is that you know Christ, but also that you share this good news with other people. Since you've made room in your heart, help others make room in their lives. Come on, amen. So, so becoming part of God's family is important. We should not exclude anyone. And we are missionaries. Remember, I, now I love that little video, is that when the shepherds, after they saw Jesus, they went, and I loved it, they, it was showing them going door to door. Because it was nighttime, probably, right? Because it says at night. They are out keeping watch of their flock at night. And they weren't knocking on doors. I mean, have you ever been woken in the middle of the night, someone pounding on your door? I know some of you don't answer the door anymore anyway. They called you, right? They were, the Messiah is here. They, they were excited. And people, remember I talked about this last week, no one listened to the shepherds because of the lowest of low, but once they met the Savior, now people were listening to them. When you have Jesus in your life, people are going to listen to you because you have the most important message that will change our lives, that will help them. So would you stand with me this morning? So my, my challenge for us is that are we making room for Jesus in everything that we do? Is He really that important in our lives? And maybe this morning, maybe this morning as you're here, you've heard me talk about this, Jesus, who is the Savior of all the world. He is the Prince of Peace. He is wonderful. He is Counselor. He is Almighty God. He came to give you in our life. Maybe this morning you have not accepted His life. The Bible says that if you believe with your mouth and you confess, you know, you confess, believe your heart, confess with your mouth, you will be saved. Saved from what? Saved from death, hell, destruction. And Jesus, who came for you and I, will be in your heart. And so if you've never made that call for Jesus, I'm asking you that you would consider that. Would you just close your eyes? Bow your heads just for the privacy of those around you. And I want to give you an opportunity, because again, I'm going to read it right. It says. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you confess and are saved. And and the scripture says anyone who trusts in in him will never be put to shame. So with your eyes closed, your heads bowed. You see, I would be remiss during this Christmas.